the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Rob Black, weekday mornings from 10 to noon on Talk 910 KNEW. You, your money, your life, your dreams. The answers are here. This is Rob Black. Rob Black Show, welcome in. I'm a little thrown. Tough for me to say Tuesday. I took the day off yesterday. I don't take many days off. Yesterday being Labor Day. Yesterday being the day that the, the Miracle Bridge got moved, uh, some 300 yards of movement or something along those lines. And today people are moaning and groaning about it and what have you. Obviously, the, the bridge got damaged many, many, many years ago during the 1989 earthquake. And people are wondering, what's taking so long? So not only today do I go back to work, but today the stock market goes back to work. And they tend to say that the stock market after Labor Day picks up some volume and September's a very dangerous month because that the summertime belongs to the amateurs, the fall and start of the year belong to the professionals. The professionals are back at work, but that's kind of true, not true. Labor Day was a little bit earlier this year, so a lot of the professionals did already get back to work because they weren't taking the kids on long vacation. So it's been a lot of confusion to say the least. Now, the Dow up 33 this morning, the NASDAQ up 11, and the S&P 500 up roughly 7 points. Market goes back to work. A holiday in the United States apparently did the world some good because most world markets, in a good mood this morning, most world markets moving higher. Some interesting stories. Kraft, $16.7 billion acquisition offer for Cadbury. It's already been rejected, but it's out there. Now, a rally, Cadbury Schweppes and Cadbury uh, Big Chocolate Confectionery, just not really keeping pace in the world global candy market. Now, Kraft, obviously a big player. Who would want Cadbury if not Kraft? You better believe Hershey's wants it. But Hershey's has this trust that they don't want to lose voting rights on. So it'd be more of a partnership than an acquisition, more than likely. But it'll be interesting to watch Kraft and Cadbury. I could, If I had an eight-fingered hand, I can count on one hand how many big... Uh, food companies and candy companies there are in the world. Some other big stories out there today. J.P. Morgan Chase is upgrading General Electric to overweight from neutral. I can't disagree with that over the long term. Over the short term, GE's got a lot of financial exposure. They've got a lot of economic recession exposure. But I can't disagree that GE's a good long-term accumulate at these levels. Now, the question on everyone's mind is, will the summer, 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 summertime gains and the springtime Gains be able to be sustained. The market hasn't been responsive to good news recently. So it'll be interesting. Market, frankly, it had been in a consolidation phase, which is to say sideways is the prevailing direction. That's right. Sometimes it's not up. Sometimes it's not down. Sometimes sideways is a direction as well. It's called consolidation. So Friday's closing level of 1016 for the S&P 500 was just six points above its closing level on August 7. So doing a lot of sideways action. Now, participants in the market are going to be looking for some, you know, trading behavior, watching, to say the least. 
It's going to be a little voyeuristic right now. We're going to wait and see. Oil? No, 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 no. Oil? Yeah, hit oil. I said the word oil. Finish your thought. $70 a barrel again. More importantly, $1,000 on gold. But gold isn't really moving up on demand for jewelry. Gold is moving up on the weakness of the dollar. Dolero. Again, gold is one of the worst commodities of the year when you compare it to other metals. But it's one of those stories that we look at and go, ooh, gold, $1,000 ounce. That's big. We like seeing that kind of story. And again, we talked a little bit about last week seeing a triangle basing formation in it. And that's very, very positive for shareholders in gold. And again, ticker symbol GLD is the best way to play it. Don't buy gold coins. People who push gold coins have an agenda. You don't want to buy gold coins. Buy gold if you want to buy gold GLD. Um, not a lot of economic data this week. So I'm honestly going to say I don't know what's going to be the driver of the stock market. Don't know. Sometimes to say I don't know means I don't know. And that's okay. Monetary policy on in Washington it's very bullish right now. The Federal Reserve's doing everything they can to make money cheap, low interest rates. Low interest rates make me and you go, hey, let's go take a chance. Let's do a business or let's go buy a building or let's do something with this cheap money. And it could be a corporation or it could be you and me. Fiscal policy is pretty neutral. Our government's spending trillions of dollars, but we have to pay back trillions of dollars. Now, fortunately, they're spending trillions of dollars and borrowing trillions of dollars when interest rates are incredibly low. Otherwise, we'd have a calamity. And down the road, we might have calamity. Calamity, what does calamity mean to me? Calamity is the the thing that we saw in the state government this year where we didn't have a budget and we're sending out freaking fracking IOUs, which is just an embarrassment. No government should send out IOUs, but they do. Can you imagine if you sent out an IOU to the gas company? IOU Pacific Gas and Electric, $55. That wouldn't last very long before they shut you down, right? I know. Who, who, who's got a gas and electric bill of $55? Okay, so I'm, I'm living in Rob world. Economy's kind of neutral right now. Recession trending is moderating. Earnings right now are a little bit on the neutral side. They, you can't get super excited about earnings. So, you know, there's concern that the market's too far ahead of itself as far as discounting earnings. Inflation's very bullish right now. I like what we're seeing in inflation because inflation's down 2.1% a year over year. The consumer. Valuation on the market's bullish. If you take the earnings yield of the S&P 500, 6.55% versus the 3.44% 10-year treasury note, and you go, stocks. Stocks fit over bonds. Rock, scissors, paper. That's how you play it. And uh, in this case, stocks win. So geopolitically, a little bearish. Global slowdown. That's a big issue. Still have nuclear talks with Iran. You still have nuclear issues with uh, North Korea. And let's just say you got some people there who have their finger on the triggers that aren't the coolest people in the world. One more thing, coloring the markets today, IBM has reiterated their profit outlook. That's nice. IBM's a big business-to-business kind of company. They do a lot of business with businesses. And for them to service those computers, they're not seeing a lot of cutbacks. They're not seeing a lot of, you know, push-outs on business. IBM's reiterating, that's good. Wall Street likes, you know, demon known versus demon unknown. It's always been the story of my life, the demon known versus the demon unknown. That's why women always get me on, always in a fussy. We going to break already? I'm hearing music in my headset. Ah, Heidi's messing with me. So it's the old producer talent relationship. And I use the word talent loosely when I refer to myself, but uh, she's messing with me. She's cueing 
cueing music and I'm hearing it in my head. Anyway, I'm totally digressing. So let's hit gold for just a second more. Let's bring in certified financial planner, John Burton. John Burton, it's Tuesday. Typically, I have a whole day where I don't have to talk to Chad, and then Tuesday comes in, and it's, kind of, it's nice because I've had that buffer zone of a day of content. But today, you're the first uh, thing out of my mouth. How are you, Mr. Burton? Was that a warm welcome, or I, I couldn't really tell? How about, the, how about <laughs> me saying Chad Burton was in my mouth? Oh. And I have to kick it out. <laughs> Not a good start. No comment on that one, either. No comment. Smart man. $1,000 a troy ounce today on gold. How, how do you feel about that? Uh, you know, it it makes sense with falling dollar, people worried about debt. Um, it's more of a global pr- crisis pr- play. What I was kind of looking at, though, is I looked back over the last five years as you were talking and on a couple of the uh, gold funds and a precious metals fund that I know versus GLD, the ETF that you were talking about. And uh, GLD, which is a pure gold play, really kind of lagged behind um, a basic good gold fund or just a general precious metals fund, which can include copper, like you talk about, nickel, palladium, and other things like that. And uh, so, over the last you know five years, for the majority of that, up until um, you know October of 2008, where the markets just kind of fell apart, the precious metal funds tend to outperform it because of the copper and some of the other things in there. They fell a little bit harder, but they also rallied back a lot sharper. And so, a good precious metal fund um, has actually outperformed gold. Um, since really the you know the big debacle in October, so even though a little bit more volatile, I'd rather see an investor take a position in a small position in an overall general precious metals fund than just gold. Now, one thing about gold is there's a couple things that move it. Obviously, inflation expectations, mm-hmm. um, demand for the precious metal in developing countries as we are you know use gold in semiconductors and satellites and issues along those lines. So it has a um, industrial angle on it. But the weak dollar seems to be the big story because it's it's certainly not jewelry demand. And because of that, the, 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 the life above a 1,000, I expect it to be pretty short-lived. Gold will hit some you know, technicals, you know, record high, 1,035 an ounce hit on March 2008. I expect it to come maybe toy with that, maybe tinker with that, but ultimately come down. Yeah, if you know, if we get another push where instead of spending pure money on a trillion dollar healthcare, you know, bill where it's coming out of money that really is going to have to be printed and not real, um, you know, if that stops and we get more of a health reform reform that's based on tax credits for small businesses and tax credits for individuals where they can go buy it from the private industry or where we get a real push of, of a, another stimulus that's really geared towards small businesses to help create liquidity and jobs there. Um, I would say it's going to be a, a trend that can continue as far as gold going higher. But if if we do get that nice stimulus, then no, you're right. I don't think it's going to be long-lived over $1,000 an ounce. Labor Day weekend TV is not very good TV, I must admit. And I found myself surfing and all my porn channels, nothing good on. Everything I'd seen before. <laughs> Busty Cops 2, Busty Cops 3. Nah, I couldn't get myself up for it, so to speak. Oh, um, man. Turn the channel to Fox Business News. Fox Business News had Glenn Beck in what I would refer to as awkward. No, it was, Fox, it was actually Fox News, I think. Um, he had small business owners sitting in his audience, and he was talking small business and how these people are the blood of the, the society, and it's not the unions. I mean, he was, it was kind of a Labor Day anti-labor chit-chat. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, we, would you ever sit in an audience with Glenn Beck and, and cheer, you know, do those little claps as you go to break? Would you ever put your small business in front of a Glenn Beck of the world? I'm not really a clapper. 
not really a clapper. No, I really don't understand clapping. I, even since when I was a small kid, I would be like, why are people smacking their hands together? It doesn't make any sense. I had a, I had a, a <laughs> business manager. I had a, a, a business manager that I worked under at one point in time, and he once went to Japan for two weeks, and he called it the land of one-hand clapping. And he just thought he was the funniest man on the planet. Because <laughs> nobody claps there, right? But anyway, Glenn Beck's doing the... the what, what do you think about that? Labor. Labor Day, unions, they're so important to our society. Are they as important today as they were, say, 50, 60 years ago? Absolutely not. I think the, you know, unions is kind of a, what happened with the audio industry, the airline industry, the steel industry, when you get a secondary piece in there, like a union or big government, it can tend to hurt small business and um, it can hurt large business as well. You know, I, I think that Glenn Beck tends to get a little bit hyper when it comes to the gloom and doom of what's going on in the economy. But if I didn't see what you were talking about, but if they're sitting there talking about how small businesses are still having problems, 45% of them say they will probably have to cut workforce in 2009 or 2010. A lot of small business owners are in that kind of income bracket that they've talked about raising taxes even more than what they're already set to raise in 2011 in order to pay for things like healthcare. If they did that to a lot of small business owners, a lot of small business owners to continue to pay their expenses that they've already got, have in their lives, like their mortgage payments, their cars, their kids in college, they would probably have to lay off workers. So raising taxes to pay for something that isn't paid for right out of general revenue before they cut costs in Medicare, Medicaid, close borders, it just doesn't make any sense to me. So stick around. There's going to be more certified financial planner, Chad Burton, after the break. We'll talk about some things like the real estate losses on banks, if he thinks you should be playing this or not. We'll talk a little bit about China. I got some, I bring you gifts from China in the news today. We've got a little Disney acquiring a media company, and he's going to be talking a little healthcare issues, some IRA accounts, some annuity issues, jobs after colleges. We got a plenty O show for you. I haven't even mentioned the show. It's me. It's the Rob Black Show. It's Talk 910 KNEW. It's Talk 910 KNEW. When I forget to say the word talk, Heidi comes in here and slaps me. To get the phone working, pick up your phone and dial 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. If you have a financial planning question, if you have a stock question, an economy question, bring it on. Glenn Beck, next at 12 noon on Talk 910 KNEW. Now, Rob Black. Coming up after the show, I have to have a meeting with my boss yet again. That's two meetings in less than two weeks. Life is not going well for me. I was thinking about another job that I could pick up, just in case I need another job. I got the TV star. I've got the radio legend award already. Um, comedy legend, I'm working on it, working on it, not quite there yet. But how about professional wedding protester? What do you think about that idea, Chad, where people can pay me to go to weddings and I'll protest the wedding when the, does anyone have objections? (laughs) And I'll say, I slept with a bride. (laughs) Show up and give really awkward speeches at the rehearsal dinner as well. (laughs) I could do that. (laughs) It's a little drinky, drinky, drinky. Um, but that'd be a pretty good job, wouldn't it? Professional wedding objector. You know, I think there's some business out there for you. I think there would be. And I know you'd be good at it. I, I would be very good at it. Because you are awkward in most public gathering situations anyways. Not awkward to yourself, but awkward to other people. In a funny way, though. 
So kind of hurts. hurts. It, it's a compliment. Kind of hurts. It's entertainingly uncomfortable. I, I think you're a jerk. <laughs> Maybe a little. Chad gets an email that says, Chad, I'm 22 years old and finally got my first job after college. I plan on signing up for the 401k at 10%, which is the max I can afford. Should I choose a Roth 401k or a regular 401k? First and foremost, 22 years old, to be young and beautiful again would be wonderful. Uh, Never going to happen to me again. But with that said, 22 years old and doing a 401k, that's cool. That's why I dig this show, Chad. And I like the finally part of it. Finally got a new job and said they probably graduated, what, in June, right? I suppose. Yeah, so took a while to get that first job. I guess, you know, it's exactly where we are right now. Tough times to get a new job coming out of college for sure. That's why a lot of people are going back and, you know, getting the master's degree or whatever it may be. But um, Roth the question, 401k or 401k? Uh, you know, the the 401k, the regular 401k, you're going to get a, pre, a you know tax deduction for doing it. So every dollar you put into your 401k pre-tax, you're only going to miss about 65 to 70 cents out of your paycheck because you're not paying Uncle Sam. Um, if you put a dollar into the Roth 401k, you'll miss a dollar out of your paycheck because it's going in after tax, but it grows tax-free. Um, 22, first job, you're probably not in a super high tax bracket. So what I would do if I was starting over again at 22 and, and there was a Roth 401k available, I'd probably split it. If they can afford 10% of pay, I'd put 5% into the pre-tax portion and 5% into the after-tax portion so they can start building up you know, two pools of money, one that's get a tax deduction now and one that's tax-free later. Now, you know what I like about splitting it with the Roth and a regular IRA is later in li- – or a Roth 401k and a regular 401k is later in life when I want to get my big butt Winnebago and tour the world with my um, 15 children and my sugar booger mm-hmm. – um, I would use that Winnebago money from the Roth so I don't have to pay taxes on it. And then I would live off the, the regular 401k that I have to pay tax on for the smaller expenditures. Yeah. It, you know, when I first that got into simple, the business. Right? Yeah, it is. And when I first got into the business and was, was doing retirement planning for people, it seemed that they had more money in after-tax dollars, you know, stuff that they'd saved on their own outside of retirement accounts. They might have, you know, if they had a you know, million-dollar portfolio, maybe six or $700,000 was outside of the retirement plans. And the rest was in IRAs and 401ks. Now it's opposite. Now I'm seeing people all the time where their entire savings is all in pre-tax accounts, which makes tax planning nearly impossible in retirement because, you know, you've got to live and you've got to pull all your money out of your pre-tax retirement accounts. That means everything you pull is taxable. Let's go to Tom first in Marin. Phone call 800-345-5639. That's 800-345-5639. Each call is on the air. Tom and Marin. Hi. Hi. I, I, I wanted to know your view on health savings accounts, and uh, ideally if they're right for me because it, everyone's situation is differently. And there's a third part of it is why when reviewing these, ARP and people like Consumer Reports uh, have a policy recommending against them, but I, I'm not quite understanding, or it's not making sense to me why they're against them, because they seem like an economic real benefit for those who fall into the right situation. What's your situation? Uh 60, a uh, family of four paying between thirteen to 15000 a year for premiums to Kaiser. Wow. Uh, I'm able to fund an HSA, and it seems to me the high deductible, uh, say five, they only offer $5,000, uh, would be more than offset by the savings I could, uh, I could reap in lower premiums. And also, more importantly to me, I'm an active trader. I can then, uh, with some risk, I acknowledge, invest those funds to do, uh, it, provided I don't spend them, uh, 
and we have a good healthy year, we're not big go-to-doctor people. So it seems to me the opportunity to save, uh, put money away that either I spend, I'd spend anyway on a premium if not, or I can potentially save it and grow it. And I would even use the HSA bank option, which offers a TDA account to, uh, as opposed to most of them, which only offer you a very limited range of mutual funds. Chad, jump in. Uh, yeah, okay. So let's start with what, for those that are listening, what a healthcare savings account is. HSA. It, HSA. Um, what you do is you go get a high deductible plan, and you can put a certain amount into an account, a health savings account, pre-tax. So you can put it in and take a tax deduction. And as long as you're pulling the money out to pay for healthcare expenses, you can invest the money and later on pull it out for healthcare expenses tax-free. And even after 65, you can pull it out for pretty much anything, including long-term care insurance to pay the premiums for that tax-free. So if, if you're a family that you can afford the high deductible type of a plan, so you've got enough money to not only fund the HSA account, but also pay large deductibles if somebody gets sick. So that means out of the four of you, you need to make sure that most of you are pretty healthy and don't go to the doctor that much. Except that's true. A, that's true so far, although I am 60, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, secondly, the deduction in my premium immediately goes uh, cuts in half from, say, about 14 grand a month, because I've got a son in college, so we have a supplemental plan, plan there for him. But uh cuts down to seven grand. Mm-hmm. So my rationale is that seven grand I save in premiums, I pay five grand out of pocket uh, for, you know, my medical, right. and I'm still ahead. No, yeah, you're, I mean, you're doing, you're, you're doing yeah. the math the correct way because you're going to have a reduction in premiums because you go for a high deductible plan, and then you're going to have a tax savings from doing the health savings account. The question is, is though, that usually when you sign up for an HSA plan, they make you use a certain company to put, you know, where you're going to put the money. So you're likely, I don't believe, does Kaiser have an HSA plan where you are? Yeah, they've just launched them in the last year. They didn't. Schwab's trying to. And mm-hmm. the appeal to me, they don't restrict it. I did check. I can go to a, a HSA Bank has the TDA option. Mm-hmm. Like I right. Say, Wells and Bank of America, they, they limit you to five or six boring mutual funds. Tom, how old is yeah. your youngest child? Uh, young, well, they're 18 and 21, so they're perhaps phased out. They'll be on their own in two to four years. I thought years you said so. four kids. I, no, no, family of four. Family, four. Okay, family of four. Two okay. in college. So they're going to be on their own at some point. I'm not supporting them after they're out of college on the medical. But uh, and, and I'll be 65, and I, can, I only got five years in my window. I realize it's different. Okay. Uh, so, but that money, as you said, provided I'm lucky. I mean, I'm gambling that the health will stay okay, of course. Thanks for the call, Tom. Let's jump forward, Chad. Do you have any last comments? Uh, no, I think he's on the right track. Don't be surprised, though, if some sort of health care reform goes in and you've done all that work, and then it's kind of for naught. For not, not, not. Let's go for to not. Jeremy in San Francisco, 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. For those of you who wonder what I'm doing when you give the call to Chad, I'm watching yoga. Just to let you know. <laughs> she's bending her elbows. She's deep breathing. She's bending the elbows. Anyway, um, Jeremy in San Francisco. Hey, uh, good morning, gentlemen. Quick question. Um, kind of, I, I guess I am asking you to, you know, look into the crystal ball, but I, I have a, I'm, I'm two years out of college. I did a, a year of software sales, and I mean, definitely, definitely can, you know, really tell that things are not the same, um, not getting, you know, the same responses and all that. So I've, I've got a, uh, an opportunity that's going to take me through um, next October, just straight work. Um, but just, just, I'd like to hear, you know, your opinion. You know, when I'm done with this, 
do you think that, you know, it in fact will be better and, you know, things will be up and running again? And you're going to do software sales? Yeah, I did. And is that yeah, what you want to do in the future? It is. Okay. And who did you do software sales for? Uh, just a couple small companies. Um, one of them, competitor of WebEx. So, okay. uh, I mean, kind of high tech. High tech software. So have you lost that job or you're considering to taking, to quitting it and taking like a contracting position? Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm doing military. So um, military took me out for a year and then I'm, I'm going to, you know, most likely go overseas here pretty soon. Um, so I'm just, it's an opportunity, and I think I'm going to take it. Although, you know, theoretically, I could stay here and you know continue to do the job search. But it's been about a month now, and it's it's just you know it's challenging. So you're choosing military versus software sales. Well, I mean, if 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 there aren't as many places out there right now, you know, okay. it's, no, no, that's that's yeah. the consistency of a military. What are you going to do with military? Uh, I'm in the Marine Corps. Congratulations, ooh so jarhead, <laughs> but that's all right. Yeah, rah, rah. It was weak. It was weak. <laughs> yeah, my brother, my brother no, Dave, no it's Simper Fi. Brother Dave, Jag, Jag attorney. Uh, take that, Chad. You and your weak <laughs> non-army family, <laughs> non-military family. Anyway, um, uh, what would you be doing with the Marines? Just a uh, general grunt, or what? No, no, no. I'm uh, I, I, I deal with logistics. Okay. So. Okay. Chad, what are your thoughts? Uh, no, I think it's I think it's wise. I think that there's more chances that things will be improved. Um, by October of 2010 um, versus that they'll be worse. I mean, the way that it would be worse is if, again, we, we get government that continues to concentrate on some sort of a healthcare reform versus stimulating small businesses and small businesses continue to struggle. But uh, I, I think things are improving. They're at least moving sideways at this point. Yeah, but do you think it'll be better than right now? Yes, I do. How about you, Rob? No, I don't think we really get back to... Uh... Typically, after a recession ends, the jobless numbers continue to climb for one to two years. So I think in the next two years, it's not going to be a lot better, if any better at all. But we're not going to get back to full health of kind of greed going on until 2015, in my opinion. So I'm thinking 2011, 2012, before we start adding jobs as far as versus losing jobs. Thanks for the call, Brian. And uh, or yeah, Jeremy. Uh, good luck in uh, the Marine Corps if you go that direction, and thanks for serving our nation. Let's take a little bit of a break here, 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. I gave a week ooh but he gave no ooh back. Hurrah, hurrah for <laughs> That's what he was talking about. Whatever. Don't correct me, Chad. <laughs> I will Marines. come there and beat you down. <laughs> 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639. Let's take a little bit of a break. we got some comments coming in at 910kennyw.com, 910kennyw.com. And uh, it's maybe an email or two as well as some other content for sure. KNEW. This is Rob Black. Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. 
Sometimes the best radio show is the radio show that actually doesn't get on the air. Heidi and I were just talking. Heidi's the producer of the show. She's pretty good at what she does. She's pretty darn good at what she does. Um, but her and I, massive disagreement. So we're talking to him. I said, you know, a pretty good drop for the show would be with the Steve Martin line where he goes from the movie The Jerk. Fantastic movie at the time. Didn't hold up so well, but kind of good. Maybe if you've got some mind-altering drugs going on. Uh, but definitely not knee-slapping funny. He goes, at one point in time in the movie, he goes, I'm not a bum. I'm a jerk. I once had wealth, power, and the love of a beautiful woman. And uh, he goes, now I only have two things, my friends and my thermos. My story, it was never easy for me. I was born a poor black child. And that was the the funny line. I was born a poor black child. I thought that would be a funny line to insert in the show at some point in time. Because I'm Rob Black, Rob Black. So I was, I was actually born a poor black child. And I remember sitting on the days on the porch with my family, singing and dancing down in Mississippi. Chad, have you ever sung and danced <laughs> down in Mississippi? Nope. I've never even been there. Was that story no payoff? All story no payoff? <laughs> I think it was. It was a good visual in my mind, though. Pretty funny. Pretty yeah. funny, that uh, movie, The Jerk. For its time. I think its time was 1979, and we probably should have left it in the 70s. That movie and uh, Steve Martin himself, that, that comedy just doesn't age well. Really? No. So Heidi so. went on to say that she would see. Uh, he's going to be at the Bluegrass uh, Festival in the Bay Area soon, and she goes, "I'd I'd see him do anything." I'm like, "I'm not going to watch him play the banjo. I got no interest in that." <laughs> Even though he's pretty all. good at it, I, I would not want to sit him there for an hour. I've seen some of his old stand up. I would not want to sit there for an hour and watch it. Okay, someone posted on the live blog. Uh, I'm a wild and crazy guy. Remember the arrow through the head? Uh huh. And the white the white suit and the bunny ears. It's just too Mr. Bean English comedy. I'm just not a fan. Oh, you're, you're, you're so showing yourself to be unsophisticated. I bet <laughs> you're going to have a bologna sandwich later today. I, I thought it was bologna. <laughs> oh, good God. And for those of you who eat bologna sandwiches, <laughs> I think you're unsophisticated monkeys. Um, can Chad talk a little bit about the upcoming ability to convert a regular 401k IRA to a Roth? And what situations is that appropriate? That's from Brian on the blog. All right. Okay. So first of all, Next year, 2010, the ability to convert an IRA to a Roth, the income limits go away. So, if you want to do that right now, if you have to, if you want to convert a regular IRA, pay the taxes and convert it into a Roth so it grows tax free forever, you can't do that unless your modified adjusted gross income is under 100,000. And so, next year, they take away the income limits, and also next year only. If you convert, you can pay the taxes due half in 2011 and half in 2012. So the first thing, you, you do not want to do this unless you have money outside of the IRA account to pay the taxes, okay? Because let's say you convert ten grand of your IRA to a Roth, and the taxes due for you, if you're at a you know 30% bracket between state and federal, is three grand, then you can't pay the taxes out of the IRA. You have to have, take the three grand from a different account and pay the taxes. If you can't do that, do not do the conversion. So that that's really the first thing. And the thing that you also want to do is do it early in the year in 2010. Do it in January. Because if, let's say, the market, let's say it crashes by the end of the year and you have less money in your Roth IRA that you already paid taxes on, you can recharacterize it and turn it back into a regular IRA and avoid the taxes of the conversion at, you know, t- as long as you do that by October of the, the following year. You done? I am. Okay. It was pretty easy then, right? I think so. Okay. I'm with you. (laughs) 
you don't want to do it either if it's going to raise you into the next tax bracket. So I just don't want to do it because I don't like doing financial paperwork. Yeah, it's, how's uh, that for an excuse? <laughs> That's going to be a, a lot of people will look at that and say, okay, first I've got to open up a Roth and I got to do conversion paperwork, and they'll run out of time, and then it'll be the end of 2010, and they'll just not do it. Someone you you sent me content that you wanted me to hit, and I'm not quite sure I want to play along with your little game. Um, but you said some, a Facebook post of nobody should go broke or die because of medical insurance. How would I change it? Well, yeah, I don't quite I mean, get what you're going out with that. Well, I was seeing a lot of people f- paste, post that on their Facebook as their status for the day on like Thursday and Friday. If you don't believe it, if you believe that nobody should go broke or die because of med- lack of medical insurance, post this as your status. And you know, I had to. I, I would just change that to say I agree with that. But I think people are blindly going into biting on and holding on to this healthcare reform and saying, okay, it's our government's job to give healthcare to everybody, which it's not. It's not what the constitution says. And I think if we do this right now, I don't think people realize how bad the timing is. I believe that everybody should have the ability to to pay for healthcare insurance. But if we do this and it puts our nation into more and more debt and less and less people have jobs because the economy is slow and the taxes are so high then what good is the health insurance going to do for you if you don't have a job and you can't buy food? So, you know, let's not put the the horse before, the cart before the horse here. I mean, it's we've got to concentrate on stimulating the economy, tax deductions and, and tax breaks for small businesses to hire and innovate, and tax incentives for companies to stay in the U.S. instead of go overseas. That's what our government should be focusing on right now, not health insurance. It just it does not make sense to me as a business owner. And I didn't grow up rich in any way, shape, or form. I grew up poorer than the you were poor a poor black, black. child. Yeah. <laughs> I was dancing and singing down in Mississippi, and you were living in a box in San Francisco. <laughs> I've, I've lived in a garage. I lived in a trailer. I lived in a lot of places. You lived in a garage, just not in Mississippi. Yes, my room was in a garage at one point. Is that like child garage. abuse? No, you lived in a garage. Was a car in the garage? No. Nope. It was, it was kind of one of those garages where it got half converted into a room, and that's where my room was. So this so. is what motivates you. You lived in a garage and a trailer? Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> These are things that I didn't know. Yeah. Single mom, lived down on a farm, that kind of stuff. Did you work on the farm? I did. Have you pulled cotton? Cleaned lots of stalls. Can used you... to love fishing, trapping, all, all sorts of good you stuff. Clean, well, what, what do you clean in stalls? The crap off the ground. Whoa. Horse, the hay, the crap, and all that kind of stuff. Impressive. I did not know this about you. Really? This is what drove Ten me. years we've known each other, and we're just getting to know each other on radio. I right did now. not know that you picked up horse poop. Yeah. And that yeah, probably explains... That probably explains... Did you ever put your arm in a cow? Inside a cow? No. Yeah, like to, to like, you know, give birth to it or something like that? No, nothing. Okay. Didn't go that far. So that's why you have monogram shirts, because I hate people with monogram shirts. <laughs> You've got monogram shirts because you came okay. far from the farm and you never looked back. <laughs> Let me explain why I have monogram shirts. You stepped shirts. over people the whole way. Yep, exactly. First of all, I can't when you when you get a shirt that is actually made by a tailor, you can sp- maybe spend fifteen dollars more on a shirt and it'll last two years longer. And when you do it, they typically put your initials on there, and they, they don't charge you to do it. That's just the way it works. So I guess I could say don't put the initials on there at all, but. I, I, then I couldn't tell which is my shirt and which is my 10-year-old shirt because we're about the same size. <laughs> You're the same size as your 10-year-old no, son? No, no, no. 
He's he's up to my chest already, Rob. He's a tall kid. Yeah, yeah. So they grow big up uh, where you're from. That's right. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639. Promise more content coming up in the near term. It's the Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. And common sense. This is Talk 910 KNEW. This is Rob Black. When he was a young boy living in a trailer, he had two trailer park girls go around the outside. One was out the window and wasn't the front door. Yeah, there's usually three. Three? <laughs> you are a stud of a boy. Anyway, um,. Let's talk a little bit about some of the other financial issues that are out there today. You shot me an article about now being a bad time to buy a new car. Why is that? Uh, you know, I was just listening to a deal. Um, you can actually Google the article where the uh, Edmunds.com CEO was saying now is not a good time to buy a new car. Some of the cash for clunkers actually elevated some of the prices. The inventories came down a little bit. Um, we've got, you know, in November, a lot of the – between now and November, a lot of the new, t- new uh, 2010s actually hitting – the floors of the dealerships, and so he expects prices to come down a little bit by November for some of the new cars out there. One of my earliest girlfriends in the college years, her name was Judy Gleisner, mm-hmm. fantastically beautiful woman. She um, straight A student, gets out of college. She was recruited by the IRS. And one quick lesson that I can teach you is never, ever dump an IRS agent or never let her catch you with another woman. Um, It's bad news. Bad news. (laughs) Years and years of audits. Um, With that said, you got a little tidbit nugget on the IRS for us. Yeah, they're um, mining mortgage payment data. So, you know, first of all, there's been this huge push. Uh, First, the IRS is going out a a little bit, you know, increasing audits on anybody that had a corporation, LLC, S-Corp, whatever it may be. And then they just nailed people that had overseas accounts, Uh, many of the wealth management, bigger, you know, wealth management, well heard of firms, firms uh, released client lists of people that had overseas trust accounts that were two or three times bigger than originally expected. So now the IRS is going back and um, looking at mortgage payments. And comparing that to tax returns, so somebody, if they have like a four or $5,000 a month mortgage payment, yet they're only claiming, you know, $20,000, $30,000 of taxable income, they know somebody's cheating. So if you're in a situation where you're writing off so much, it doesn't, it's just to the point of being illegal and you have this huge mortgage payment, get ready for your next audit. Yeah. And for the record, I didn't cheat on her. I just grew tired of her. <laughs> and sure. Tell her I was dating Still someone else. To that story. No, I didn't tell her I was dating someone else. I just grew tired. I had a thing where I couldn't. I didn't know how to hurt people's feelings, so I just move on and just forget to call. <laughs> Speaking of phone calls, let's get a Larry busy. in Oakland. Larry in Oakland. Hi, Rob. Hi, Larry. And Chad, I wanted to ask you about your general philosophy of using stops. I know sometimes you say put a stop, but is there a general pattern for this? For- I've got two portfolios. I got my long-term accumulate. I want more of them, and I got my trading portfolio. Which one are you talking about, Larry? Uh, let's talk about trading. Okay. Um, I would use a stop loss on every single trade that I make. Yeah. On the stocks that I want to own forever and ever, like let's just say Kraft Cheese, for example, I would want to buy more on bad news or Pepsi. I would want to buy more on bad news. So um, using a stop loss, not a bad thing to do, 15%, 20%. 
is the typical uh, norm rule per se, lower than what your strike price. And if you expect a stock to be particularly volatile, do you, do you make it, you know, the stock? I, I can't afford more than 20% on a loss on anything. So I, I stick by that rule. How about you, Chad? Well, if I was sticking to a trading portfolio, I would you know lock them in at more like a 10% loss. I mean, okay. if, if you're dealing with smaller cap stocks, though, in a volatile market like this, get ready for a lot of them to trigger. And um, I, I can just say that most of the time when I've hit had a stop loss hit, I've almost always recredited it um, in the longer term portfolio like you're talking about. So when I use a stop loss, typically, because most of what we do is what I do as far as investors, longer term investing, it's because I know I either already want to sell that stock or a portion of it to lock in some of the gains. So I might, what I would do is set trailing stop losses so that I know I already run to replace that position, but I it could have some more leg to, to run. So I'll put a trailing stop loss on it where the stop price automatically goes up but if the stock comes down and triggers it, it'll automatically sell because I know I've already got a replacement in mind. Good to have college football back this weekend, wasn't it, Jeff? It was. It was kind of nice. I was watching some games yesterday. It was pretty good. And topic change back. Um, what does a stop loss mean? Stop loss means if the price of that stock hits where you put it in. So say you buy a $11 stock and you put a stop loss in at 10 If that If that stock trades at 10 it'll automatically put that stock up for sale. It does not guarantee you're going to get $10 for it, though. It, what it does is it puts a market order out there that says it'll sell and it'll sell to the next person willing to buy. If the next person that's willing to buy is the guy that put in an order at nine, that's what you're going to get is nine bucks. So um, a lot of times if you want to make sure that you it doesn't trigger, if it's going to be way too low, you put a stop limit in. Now you're going to be doing some seminars with me later this month, late this month, uh, September 24th. Crown Plaza Hotel, that's September 24th, uh, Retirement mm-hmm. Boot Camp and Wealth Preservation. It's uh, Crown Plaza, Foster City. Then the same week, it's the weekend, though. Saturday, we're doing two events, Money 101, All Things Financial, for those who want to learn how to make wealth. And then in the afternoon, it's for those who want to protect it. And that's going to be at the Sheraton Pleasanton Hotel. So Pleasanton and and, uh, Foster City coming up. Yeah, and then uh, Michelle Lerman, a good attorney, is doing a deal on the 24th. I just heard an ad actually play for it on your show. I think she's doing two or three of those events. So we'll talk about that at a later date. You've got an email newsletter people can sign up for? Uh, yeah, we do. Just go to newfocusfinancial.com or shoot me an email, chat at chadburton.com. We'll put it on. The next one that's going out by the end of the week is all about Roth conversions. Good stuff. Let's take a break here. We'll be right back. Rob Black Show. I give you all a boy could give you. Take my tears and that's not... Rob Black, weekday mornings from 10 to noon on Talk 910 KNEW. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.